the books of the Bible. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we go through the book of Leviticus as we're going through the books of the Bible. We ask in the name of Jesus so we will understand and have the wisdom and knowledge that we need to learn from chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1. And Yahweh spake unto Moses. I'm going to um, be saying that from now on because the Lord confuses people. They think of Jesus, which Jesus is the Lord, but he's supreme in authority over the um, church, and he's the shepherd of the church, but he's not the Lord God. There is a difference. And this word, the Lord, in, in Hebrew, is actually God's name, Yahweh. Or the Hebrew letters are Y-H-V-H. And so I can say, and Y-H-V-H spake unto Moses, saying, because, you know, the added vowels, you know, that's, uh, that's man stuff. So, you know, let's do it that way so that you know. So the Hebrew letters are Y-H-V-H, and that's what we'll do. And Y-H-V-H spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel. So this wasn't to a particular group or the leaders of the um, nation of Israel or a particular person. It was to all the children of Israel. And say unto them, Ye shall be holy. Ye shall be holy. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for us on earth to give him glory by being holy. Okay? And God goes on to tell Moses the reason why. For I, Y-H-V-H, your God, am holy. So it's pretty simple. God's holy. (laughs) And he wants us to be holy. He wants us to be like him. Like Peter tells us, he says, we have the ability as believers to take on the divine nature of God, like Jesus did. The divine nature of God. You have that ability. And God wants you to take on the divine nature of God. So it says, ye shall be holy. So God wants us to be 
holy. He wants Israel to be holy. We can find that, obviously, in the New Testament. Paul tells us that. Be ye holy. And so, God is going to explain some stuff. Verse 3. How is it that he wants you to be holy? What does he want us to do? What does he want the children of Israel to know? Ye shall fear, which means to revere. It means to, you know, honor. You shall fear every man, his mother and his father. So in this case, God is talking about how we be holy in his eyes is to honor our mother and father. You know, it's interesting to me that when Jesus walked on the earth, he got on the Pharisees' case because they were dishonoring their mother and father with their stupid traditions of men. And the tradition was that if you have parents and your parents you know, need money, they need something from you. It's your responsibility to take care of them, by the way. And if they need something from you, but if you, instead of paying and taking care of your parents, you take the money that you were going to give and take your parents with and give it to the church, (laughs) then the tradition of men was God will accept that. That's okay with God because you're giving money to the church instead of taking care of your parents. So you see, and Jesus got on their case and he says you make void the word of God by your traditions. And so you go out there, Christians, go out into the world Look at those Christian churches. How many traditions do they have in those churches that make void the word of God, that take us off the path of Jesus Christ? Jesus was here to show us the way, his way, God's way. But, hey, go into the churches today, and they get all these crazy traditions that make void Jesus' way. Jesus never said to build churches. Jesus never said to congregate in churches. Jesus never said to pass a basket. Jesus never said to only get together once a week. Jesus never said that you've got a leader in your um, congregation. No. You see, Jesus is the head, and as the New Testament tells us, everyone else is on the same level, meaning there is no one that's above anybody else. You're all on the same level according to God, and there's no difference between the males and the females. There's no difference between the Jews and the Greeks, which means, you know, Israel and Gentiles. 
there's no difference. You understand? But in the churches today, they have all these differences. The traditions of men make void the word of God. And so what happens is you don't do what Jesus showed us to do. What did Jesus do? Well, he didn't hang out once a week at a church. No, he was doing God's work every single day. And at night, when everybody was sleeping, a lot of times we saw in the Bible where Jesus went to the mountains and spent the night with God in prayer. You understand? So he was doing what God wanted him to do during the day, and then he'd go alone and go to the mountains and was with God the ni- and during the night and in prayer with God, talking to God, communicating with God, which, of course, how many Christians do that? See, the thing is that this is how we are holy. Jesus was completely holy. And this is what Leviticus chapter 19 is showing us, that God wants his people to be holy. Not only to think they're holy just because they believe. No. To have the world look at them as holy. And so this is what God is showing us here. So let's go forward. So we see, fear every man his mother and his father. New Testament, guess what? Israel was messing up on that one. And today in Christianity, you have many Christians, especially the um, younger ones, 20s and 30-year-olds and stuff, that I see um, that disrespect their parents. And they call themselves Christians, you see, they disrespect their parents. This is just not holy, okay? And it's making void the word of God because it's his commandment. And keep my Sabbath, which is an interesting thing. And, and all this word Sabbath mean is to rest. God is not saying to you, hey, you've got to keep Saturday. <laughs> It doesn't say Saturday here, okay? The word Saturday is a day of rest. God told us in Genesis what he means by this. Six days he wants you to work, and one day he wants you to rest. It's that simple. Guess what? You'll be holy because you'll, what do you do during the Sabbath? It's a rest. It's a time that you spend with God, like Jesus did when he went to the mountains every single night. He was in Sabbath every single night whenever he went up to the mountains and prayed with God. It's the time that you rest from the world and you spend time with God. And guess what? If you do that, Christian, then you will be Holy. Why? Because you're going to, when you're in communion with God and on the same page as God like Jesus was, then you're going to be doing what God wants you to do because you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Your humanness can't lead you to do what God wants. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God. And so that's what happens when you get one-on-one with God and you get close to God, then you become holy, and you 
are able to be led by the Holy Spirit in doing what God wants you to do. And guess what? That's what's going to happen. The world will see a difference in you than in the rest. And it saddens me when I hear people that are not Christians saying that the Christians that they see are just like the world or there's no difference between Christians and the world and their actions and their attitudes and what people think. It's sad. God continues in verse 3. I am YHVH your God. YHVH your God. That's the word the Lord it should be translated because that's what it says in the Hebrew. So this is God is showing um, Israel how to be holy. Four, turn ye not unto idols. Turn ye not unto idols. Now, what's an idol? An idol is something that you worship. Meaning, and it doesn't necessarily mean bow down to, by the way, it means that you put your mind, you exercise your mind, you think on, you're consumed with your thinking on this particular thing. An interesting idol that a lot of Christians have nowadays is football. (laughs) Anyway, there's nothing wrong with football as per se football. You know, it's not a sin. (laughs) But the problem comes into effect, and that's what God is talking about. God knows we're human, and he knows that, hey, we're not perfect, and, hey, sometimes we want to do flesh things, um, and he understands that. But do you spend all your time, let's say, all your free time watching sports or football or you can't wait to watch a football game or you prepare to do football with your friends or go out to the bars or whatever people do and and to do that and or to go to the games or everything's about football you talk to people about football and you get all football friends well the problem with that is that it's become an idol to you because, listen, we're supposed to be thinking on God. That's the majority of what we're supposed to be doing. Now, if you want to enjoy a football game, but you want to give glory to God, make sure when you're at the football game, make sure when you're doing this football stuff with your friends that you're acting like Jesus showed us meaning no swearing, no getting drunk, no uh, yelling at people and getting upset and calling people names and putting people down. Do you understand? Is that holy? It's as far from holy as you can get almost. So that's an idol. An idol could be football game, football, you know. Some people have idols. They've made their children their idols. They have to, everything is consumed around their children. You don't 
give God any attention like that. You don't, you know, show God, you know, oh, man, I got to go to church. You know, I got to go to church. You know, I don't want to go to church, but I got to go to church, you know, kind of a thing. But then when your children are going to their things or doing their stuff or going places or whatever it is that they do in the schools and stuff today, you're right there. Wow, let's let's do children's stuff. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. But when it comes to God, uh, it's a it's a chore, you know. Anyway, that's an idol. Anything that you place in front of God and exercise your mind in is an idol. And I just learned the other day as I was going through uh, the New Testament. Um, and I'm not sure, I think it was in Jude, but the, but it says that if you're envious, if you're envious, that means jealous of something someone has, envy, you want something someone has, that is idolatry. (laughs) So it's not just exercising your mind as far as, you know, replacing God with other stuff, but it's also desiring stuff that other people have. That's also idolatry. So you understand, so when you do that stuff, are you holy? Of course you're not holy. That is making God's word void because it's breaking the commandment. And of course, that is the Tenth commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's goods, or anything that is thy neighbor's. That's the tenth commandment. Are you coveting something? That's idolatry. Amazing. So, let's go. Um, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 4, continuing, turn ye not unto idols nor make to yourself molten gods. So what? Um, don't make an actual idol thing that you can attach as God. You know, and a lot of people, especially like um, uh, the, the Catholic-type people, Catholic and Greek Orthodox and, you know, those types of people, they have crosses and they have... Um, little uh, charms, uh, saints' charms, and all this stuff, that they, that's their God. Because they'll hold on to their cross, or they'll hold on to their idol um, or charm that's connected to some particular saint, and that saint, and it helps them with something. It's amazing to me how um, the Bible says, don't do it, yet, You've got tons of believers doing it, and they don't even know. They don't understand. Why? Because they're not being taught. So that's, you know, don't make yourself molten gods. And God uh, continues and says, I am, Y-H-V-H, your God. That's why. Because you're not supposed to have anything in front of God. Verse 5, 
And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto YHVH, ye shall offer it at your own will. So God is saying, and he's explaining something, if you want to um, make an offering to God, you make sure that the offering that you are making to God is because you want to do it. See, that's why passing the basket at churches is wrong. It makes void the word of God because, you see, the thing is this, that when you pass the basket, everybody can see if you put anything in the basket or if you don't. And guess what? People will think badly of you. It's none of their business. That's between you and God and no one else. And see, what happens is so that if you become a part of a local uh, church and they get to know you and they see that you never put money in the basket, then they're going to start thinking bad about you. And guess what? You're going to put money in the basket, whether you want to or not. And it's because they can see you. So you're not willingly doing it. You're doing it because you're forced to do it, because you want to be a part of the group. In quotation marks, I make it. So, you know, so a lot of people are like peer pressure. Peer pressure is amazingly difficult for most people. Fortunately for me, I was never affected by peer pressure. Never, ever, ever. Actually, I was total opposite of peer pressure. Thank God that he uh, was with me when I was younger. And my peers and what they did, I did just the opposite because I knew that they were crazy and I didn't want nothing to do with that. And guess what? They didn't want me around and that was fine with me because I didn't want to be around people that were doing bad stuff. So you see, but most people aren't like that. Most people don't have that blessing from God. They are affected by peer pressure, whether you're a kid or you're an adult. Everybody's doing it, so you want to do it too to fit in with the crowd. And so that's why God is saying here in verse 5, ye shall offer it at your own will, meaning it's free will. When you're giving an offering to God, you do it because you're led to do it, because you want to do it, not because everybody's watching you and expects you to do it. It shall be eaten the same day. And, of course, this is talking about when Israel was going to become a nation. God was um, setting up rules for them, as he does for us Christians. All blood sacrifices have been done away. The blood sacrifice part, where you go and kill an animal and all that stuff, which is what they're talking about here, that's what they did. But Jesus did away with all blood sacrifices. He became the Lamb of God. One sacrifice for all, that was it. So blood sacrifices are no more. But in the time of Israel, they had, you know, their peace offerings was 
animals. You know, they offer a peace offering. And in this particular case, we're talking about the peace offerings. And they bring the animal and they sacrifice the animal, have it sacrificed. And God is explaining about here, these are rules and tests and stuff, and this is for their own benefit, by the way, and it's good for us to know and understand. It's very interesting here. It shall be eaten the same day ye offer it. Okay? So God is telling them when you offer an animal as a peace offering, I want you to eat the animal the same day. That's when it should be eaten because you made the peace offering. I want you to you know, eat it. And on the morrow, which is the next day, that means that if you got some leftover, if it was a big animal and you don't have enough people to eat it, you can keep it for the next day and then your family can eat it. That's fine with God. And if it ought remain until the third day, so the first day's fine, the second day's fine, the third day now, it shall be burnt in the fire. No leftovers. It's interesting because God knows. Why? Because guess what? Bacteria, germs, things grow. And they have refrigeration in the time of the children of Israel. No, of course not. They didn't. And so God is letting us know how and them know about food, about how long it lasts. And I believe that the food that they had was way better than the food that we have today because I can tell you that if I buy food at the store, it rots within a matter of days, and it's amazing. It it didn't used to do that 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you could buy some food, and it would stay good, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But today, after a couple of days, man, and I'm not talking meat here. I'm talking like uh, fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing. It's It just gets destroyed because the food today is awful. But back then it was much stronger, much more better for you, had much more nutrients in it. But God was telling them, listen, you're going to offer a sacrifice to me. Yes, eat the offering like I've told you to do, but do what I say. And that is you can eat it on the first two days, but learn it the third day. And the reason why was because he was protecting them. And he is testing them. He's showing them the right way. Are you following the right way? He's saying, this is the way. I'm taking care of you. See, that's what God does. And that's what Jesus showed us. When he was talking to the apostles, and he was saying to them, and it's amazing, they take things Jesus says out of, context. They, they just destroy the things that Jesus says. Well, he was talking to them, and he was talking about, you know, um, he said, God knows that you need food and water and clothes. We can't go around naked, and we need food and water to live. And Jesus was saying, God knows that you that you need that stuff. But Jesus was saying, don't concentrate on getting that stuff, meaning work, (laughs) you know, work, 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 work to make sure that you got all the stuff, the food, the water, the clothes, you know, Jesus was saying, seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, 
or the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Now, they take that verse, and they say, see, it says, if you um, seek the kingdom of heaven, if you do what God wants you to do, God will give you anything you want. That's not what Jesus said. (laughs) What Jesus said was, he'll give you food, he'll give you water, and he'll give you clothes. He never said nothing about a house, by the way. <laughs> so, because Jesus didn't have a house. So, anyway, the point is that God will provide. And he makes sure that you're taking care of his people that are following what he wants them to do, which is what Jesus was showing us. So, Israel, he, God was saying, okay, I'm going to make you a nation. When I make you a nation... You've got to do things my way. Why? Because God's plan for Israel was to be a light to the nations. That's right. Israel was going to be the kingdom of God on earth, that nation, and they were supposed to bring the world to God through the way that they followed God and how he took care of them. And then the nations of the world would come and join to Israel because they would see that, the, that Israel's God was real and that Israel's God took care of them and that this is, this is what we want. We want to be taken care of. But you see, it didn't work out. Things messed up. Israel, of course, went bango off the path. And so, but that was his original goal. And so this here is... um, is showing them what he wanted them to do once they had a nation. They didn't have one yet. And so he's giving them the rules and he's telling them what to do and he's testing them and he's going to test them even in his land when he gives them the land and his nation. And if they follow, then they're all set. And that's what happens when they do that. Guess what? They become holy. And that's the whole point. Verse 2, speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, ye shall be holy for I, Y-H-V-H, your God am holy. You understand? And Jesus showed us the way. So instead of as a nation now, Jesus showed us the way that it wasn't going to be the flesh system that we're going to set up like Israel was going to do. But Jesus showed us the way that it was going to be, we're going to build a temple of people, the kingdom of God on earth, as a part of the body of Christ, and we are supposed to be holy and separate. And Jesus showed us. He showed us how to do that. And one of the biggest things he showed us and told us and taught his disciples was that traditions of men, the religious leaders, are messing you up. They're not doing what God wants them to do. And guess what? That's happening today. Absolutely. Go to the churches. You'll see it. It's an abomination. What happens in the churches today is nothing, nothing, nothing to do 
with what Jesus showed us to do. And that completes this study. First part, Leviticus chapter 19. Until next time, we'll pick it up and find out what else God wants us to do to be holy like he's teaching the children of Israel 